Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. We're about to go into a message that I delivered recently, and I hope that it encourages you, it inspires you, and it launches you further in your walk with Jesus. That's my heart for you as you listen. If it does encourage you, why not share it with someone who you think could do with hearing it as well? And subscribe so that you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. For now, sit back, enjoy, and I hope that you get blessed. Well, here we are. I loved Pastor Dan's offering message about the oppressive nature of the world. And uh, we do live in a day where people need Jesus. We live in a day where people are searching and craving the things that they do not understand. Ecclesiastes tells us that God has put eternity in the hearts of every human being. And there is nothing in this world that will fill that space. It's what some people call a God-shaped hole, with pe- which many people will try to fill with sexual encounters, substances, money, career, accolades. Some people have every alphabet after their name and they're still empty because we have a God-shaped hole on the inside of us. And the more that society tries to push God out of the picture, the more desperate society becomes. The more hungry and craving they become of this thing they don't even have a concept of. They just know it's not okay. There's something not right. It's the God-shaped hole on the inside of every single one of us that will never be filled or satisfied by anything outside of Jesus Christ himself. And it takes more than just even believing because the Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. So attending church doesn't even satisfy that need. Acknowledging Jesus as the Son of God doesn't even fill that need, we actually have to be born again. We actually have to die to self, the old man, and rise up a new creation in Christ is the only way we're going to be satisfied. I know a lot of dissatisfied people who come into my services every Sunday. Just like walking into McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac unless you eat enough of them. Just like walking into McDonald's won't make you a Big Mac, walking into a church service will not fill the God-shaped hole on the inside of you. You actually must be born again, die to the old guy and rise up again in Christ, a completely new creation. And boy, can I tell you something. When you do, everything changes. When you do, you truly come alive. When you do, no matter what the world throws at you, you will not be kept down. Everything changes when we come alive and we're born again in Jesus. And so today the title of my message is, If You Know, You Know. If you know, you know. Because I'm kind of tired of trying to convince people that Jesus is the way. Because I've seen the ones who just know oh man, I'm a mess and I just need Jesus. I'm actually only going after those ones these days. I'm not trying to twist anyone's arm or convince anybody. If you don't know, carry on. But if you know, you know. 
If you know, you know. Revelation 22, the last chapter of the Bible, the last book of the Bible is our anchor this morning. So if you've got your Bible, I'd love for you to turn your Bible to Revelation 22. If you don't have one with you, there'll be a Christian nearby who might have one. Revelation 22 verse 17 in the Amplified Bible. The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, I love this, the true Christians, because there are Christians who aren't true Christians. Love that the Bible says that. I have people I meet all the time. I'm like, wow, you're actually a real Christian. The Spirit and the bride, the church, the true Christians say, come. Let anyone who is listening say, come. And let anyone who is thirsty, painfully conscious of his need, if you know, you know. If you are painfully aware of your need, you are painfully aware of your need. Anyone who's thirsty, painfully conscious of his need, of those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported and strengthened, and whoever earnestly desires to do it, let him come, take, appropriate and drink the water of life without cost. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. And you will admit you are broken, you're dysfunctional, you're a jerk, you're a complete mess, and so you need Jesus. And when you admit that and you earnestly and intentionally drink from the water of life, you suddenly become the kindest, happiest, most hope-filled person with all your dysfunction behind you, you suddenly have the water of life. The oppression, it's a thing of the past, may want to sit on your shoulder, but there's something different. There's something different because you have earnestly appropriated and drunk of the water of life. C.S. Lewis is my favorite author of all time, closely followed by A.W. Tozer. C.S. Lewis resisted Christianity for the longest time. And he was really close college friends with J.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. And they used to sit together in a pub and, and J.R. Tolkien would try to convince him to become a Christian. And C.S. Lewis, these two are like the most intelligent men. So you can just imagine what I would give to be a fly on the wall in those conversations. They would drink beer and argue apologetics. And J.R. Tolkien would try to convince C.S. Lewis to become a Christian and he had all the comebacks and he resisted Christianity for the longest time. But he did eventually become a Christian and he described his struggle in his book, Surprised by Joy. And it says this, this is his quote. You must picture me alone in that room of Magdalen at the college in Oxford. Night after night, feeling whenever my mind lifted for a second from my work, the steady, unrelenting approach of him who I so earnestly desired not to meet. That which I greatly feared had at last come upon me. In the Trinity term of 1929, I gave in. I admitted that God was God. I knelt and prayed. Perhaps that night, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England. Isn't that awesome? When you know, you know. 
doesn't matter how many arguments you have, doesn't matter how many crutches are propping you up, when you know, you know. And when you know, bowing the knee is the only response. It's the only response. You can't keep clinging onto that crutch when you know. When you know, bowing and surrendering, acknowledging and admitting is the only appropriate response. And so, you know, we all come to Jesus or we are given the opportunity to come to Jesus in different ways. For C.S. Lewis, he came to the end of his own intellectual argument and the very presence of God met him in the room. I know many stories like that where people encounter the living God in the privacy of their own room. There are stories like that. Some of us are invited into a rally or a gathering by a friend and we're like, what is this? And the presence of God arrests us, almost assaults us. And we're like, this is real. I don't know what this is, but my spirit is testifying something beyond my own logic. I have to respond. Others of us meet Jesus through a personal Armageddon. When the rug is literally pulled out from underneath our lives and we're broken and we're left with nothing and we don't know which way is up. This is probably the story of my life. My Armageddons have brought me to Jesus time and time again. I remember 12 years old when my dad's suitcases were on the doorstep. I remember the heartbreak of a broken family where I thought my perfect little world, it had actually ended. I remember then coming to Jesus reluctantly after my mum became a Christian and became spirit-filled. I remember walking away from God and then finding out I had a disease that was going to leave me infertile at the age of 18 and again in a black pit of despair and God met me in there and healed me miraculously. And again, in 2022, losing my husband and becoming a mother of four children on my own, I'm finding Jesus all over again. I am painfully aware of my need. And I really have very little care if you don't understand. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And the only place anything ever makes sense is in His presence. The only place that the pieces of the puzzle finally come together is in the presence of God, being born of the Spirit, in step with the Spirit. Many people meet Jesus through a personal Armageddon. And the spirit and the bride in Revelation say, come. So the book of Revelation was written by the apostle John. Holy Spirit took him into a vision and he showed him heaven. Heaven is alive. It's a real place. It's a place you and I have the opportunity to go. Actually, on the other side of this life, you only have two options. It's heaven or hell and they're both real places. And in Revelation, John sees heaven, and it's a restored earth. It's a, the second earth. It's Jerusalem restored. It's the, it's the address of God, and she's beautiful. This city is beautiful, made of gold and diamonds and pearls, beyond anything we could ever imagine. Jesus lives there. All of the cloud of witnesses, the saints, 
who have gone before us are all waiting for us there. It's a real place. And John sees Jerusalem restored. And in the very last chapter of the very last book of the Bible, the bride, Jerusalem, God's city speaks. She speaks and she says, come. That's what she says. She says, come. Come if you're painfully conscious of your need. And if you are, drink of the waters of life. That's her message. And that's our message. Come. Come, all of you. If you know, you know. You know you need to respond to that invitation. Not just tip Jesus and pay him lip service, but actually come. Actually come. With his one act on the cross that covered humanity, he actually did it for every individual. He made it possible for you and I to come as individual children of God. For all of humanity, past, present, and yet to come, that one act made it possible for us to respond to this invitation. And if and when we respond and we come, like the invitation says, this process begins because we are saved in a moment, but we're sanctified over time. Who knows that Sunday is glorious and Monday cometh with a vengeance. Who knows it's not as easy to be a Christian on Monday as it is on Sunday. And so this process of sanctification begins and we walk it out, as Paul says, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. What happens is we are reprogrammed. We are reprogrammed. Isaiah 2, verse 2 to 5, one of my favorite passages. I mean, I say that about the whole Bible. You're all thinking her favorite passage is the whole Bible. Yes, it is. Isaiah 2, verses 2 to 5 is the passage that we're working off in kingdom builders and with our building that we want to build. It says this, it says, There is a day coming when the mountain of God's house will be the mountain, solid and towering over all the mountains. All the nations will river towards it. People from all over will set out for it. And here's what they'll say. When they hear the bride say, come, this is what the people from all over the world are saying. Let's come. Come, let's climb God's mountain. Let's go to the house of God, the house of Jacob. He'll show us the way he works so that we can live the way we're made. We are reprogrammed after we accept the invitation. Let me put it this way. Every single person sitting in front of me is just a bag of experiences. You have been programmed by your family, by your trauma, by your joy, by your relationships. You have been programmed. No two people are the same. And so what happens is we come into, because we live in a fallen world, there is no way that any of us have been programmed properly. No way. That's why we have this ache inside us because we live in a fallen world and we've been subject to the oppression until we realize and we answer the call, the invitation come, 
And then we go to the house of the Lord, His presence, and we learn to live the way we're made. He reconnects us with design. He reconnects us with our true selves. And that's the process of sanctification, where I come out of the old and into the new, which is actually the original. You become an OG after you respond to Jesus, not before. You're just a try hard before. But after you respond to Jesus, you go back to the original. And so we're reprogrammed. We're reprogrammed. Those things that are so deeply ingrained in us in the world govern our lives without us even giving them conscious thought. But suddenly when we meet Jesus and we're filled with his spirit, he starts to show us things we didn't even realize about ourselves. And he starts to go, now here's a key. This, this pain that you feel, it's this. Let's work on this. This pain that you feel, it's this. Let's work on this. And he so graciously and kindly addresses one thing after another after another. And we are reprogrammed over time. And so we are regenerated in the presence of God. While we were degenerating in the world, we are regenerated in the Spirit of God. The path of the righteous winds upwards. You are not meant to wind downwards. You are not meant to degenerate over time. I pray that at the end of my life, I am more like Jesus than I am right now. That I've wound upwards as I'm regenerated in Christ. Let us learn to live the way we're made. In my personal experience, I came into the church and I watched mature Christians and I modeled my life of people who just knew a little bit more than me. The trouble is sometimes we can idolize those people as gods. I'm sorry, I am not perfect. And if you expect me to be, you're going to be sorely disappointed. You might as well leave the church now. Because don't send me an email about how rotten I am, I won't read it. I know I'm rotten. I'm doing my very, very best. But in church, I would watch people who were just a little bit further ahead in the journey and I started to model, as Paul says, imitate me as I'm doing my best to imitate Christ. And so I started to learn. I started to be reprogrammed. I was supported, encouraged. I was challenged. I was confronted. Those sharp edges were addressed. I joined a life group. I began serving and I started to regenerate. I started to be reprogrammed. Over time, the repetition of God's word, the living water, started to wash me and reprogram me. Eventually, the new way of thinking, according to the Word of God, replaced the old way of thinking. But I had to commit to it, and you will have to commit to it. There are times where you have to commit out of self-resolve and discipline to growth mode. Because if you leave it to default, your human nature and the impacts of a fallen world will just try to keep pulling you out. You have to commit to growth mode. I'm going to put my roots down. I'm going to draw from the soil. I'm going to contribute to the soil. I'm going to commit to this even when it's not wonderful and easy 
I'm going to commit to growth mode. And for a long season, our thinking might have to be done by commitment rather than instinct. They're the ones who make it. Who have enough maturity in them to move beyond, well, I feel good doing this, to I just actually know this is right. When they're committed to it, commitment has to be greater than instinct. And we're taught regularly, and we're in the presence regularly. And when we come into His presence and we're reprogrammed, we encounter. Encounter. It amazes me that two people can be in the same service. And one person tells me how the Spirit of God touched them and spoke to them. And the other person is like, well, the worship team missed it, didn't they? Were you in the same room? Were you in the same room? Encounter. When you know, you know. doesn't matter who's up here and who's not. When you come into His presence and you earnestly appropriate and drink, you encounter. You encounter. You encounter the presence of God and in the presence of God, everything changes. Come to the waters. Isaiah 55. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come, buy the wine and the milk without money and without price. Verse 2 is the question that all of us, that I go out and I send out in the Spirit to every person who doesn't know Jesus. Why are you spending your life on things that will not satisfy? Why are you spending money for that which is not bread and your wages for that which does not satisfy? Carefully listen to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight in its abundance. We encounter when we respond and we come into the presence of God. You encounter the very living God. And in all your poverty, because we are completely poor in ourselves, in and of ourselves, we have nothing. And he says, come, come and eat and drink of all the elaborate riches of the Spirit of God. Come and finally be satisfied, finally be filled. In the encounter where quenched, that thirst is met. That thirst is met. I want to tell you this year, I've been so thirsty. So thirsty. And every time I hear him come and I go, I'm quenched. I'm satisfied again. Satisfied again. Are things perfect? No. But they are in Him. You've heard me say over and over again, it's just a different kind of perfect. It's just a different kind of perfect I'm quenched when I encounter. You know, as different as we all are, I've found that every single person over being in ministry for 25 years, we're all different. But the one thing that we all have in common is we have this desire for more than what we are right now. Every one of us, every one of us, a yearning for an experience that makes sense of life. We all know there's got to be more than this. We all know that. And the only place where that answer is given is in the presence of God. And His presence lures us. It invites us. It calls us every Sunday morning. It calls us every Monday morning. 
His presence lures us. And that's where we're meant to live and breathe and have our being come. And over time, my life was restored. My body was healed. Miracle after miracle, my life defied odds. At times, my human nature in its sense of unworthiness would go looking for that pit I crawled out of to crawl back into it again. But his call was always in my ear. Come, come. If you're aware of your need, come. Come, I've got water for you. I've got what you need, come. It was always, his hand was always extended to me. His call was always in my ear and it is the same for you. It is the same for you. And as I continue to accept his invitation and still do today, I was healed and am healed in his encounters. So when we come, we're reprogrammed. We encounter him. Our thirst is quenched and we're repurposed. We are repurposed because once we're living for self, now we're living for him. Now we're living for him. The church should be full of selfless people. The church should be full of people whose careers are submitted to the call of God. The church should be full of people whose gift sets and abilities are submitted to the call of God because they've been repurposed. They understand, they have a view from the mountain that is above all mountains and they understand God is doing something in the generation and I'm a part of it. I am a part of it. Isaiah kind of put it this way. He said, for all I have achieved, you have done for me, God. When we realize that, that the very fact that I woke up this morning with breath in my lungs is the grace of God. And so anything I achieve today is the grace of God. Because he didn't have to choose for me to breathe again this morning. And yet he did. And so everything you and I accomplish Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is by the grace of God. And so we are repurposed. Isaiah had a massive shock in chapter 6 when he actually encountered God. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well? Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.